Welcome to the Brunch with Mamas podcast, where we spill the tea on all things motherhood. I'm Elizabeth, a Canadian Olympian, generally living in Austria, and mama to Hurricane Hendricks. And I'm Nicole, a tea-drinking, donut-obsessed, registered nurse, and mama to baby Aubrey. We want to bring you the unscripted, realness, rawness, and humor in motherhood. Join us weekly as we sit down for brunch with seasoned mothers and professionals who share their tips and tricks. Because our goal is for you to feel less alone on this wild ride we call motherhood. Hello, friend. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Welcome back to the Brunch with Mamas podcast. I'm along with Nicole. We are and oh go ahead. Let's not talk over each other this time. Yeah, we still can do, but it might be a little less interesting for those listening. But yeah. We're in different places today. I'm at my mom's house using my stepdad's office. And I am in Disney World. Yeah. And with my son and his grandmother are outside playing on the balcony so we can have a little bit of quiet. That's so cool. How long have you been in Disney World for? Uh, 10 days so far. We'll be here for a little bit longer, three, four more days, and then we'll be headed to Austria. Right. And for those that don't know, the whole time I've known Elizabeth, she has been like, I guess, obsessed with Disney. Oh, you yeah. have gone to Disney World or Disneyland, like consistently every year several times every year like if you had to count how many times you've been like on a combined total what do you think you're at over 30 for both yeah that's crazy and we live in western canada so florida is obviously quite the two for us to go and california is on the same side in the west coast ish area yeah um but the reason why we did that actually is because my mom used to work six days a week and so then we would go for a family holiday or whenever there was a long weekend or something we would bounce and go to disney world to reconnect and have fun together and now i get to take my own little boy explore this place that i love so much so that's been might as well be mickey mouse Exactly. So this is actually, he's two years old. This is his second trip uh, already because my life changed a lot. And my husband said, why don't you go somewhere where it's like a fairy tale because your life doesn't feel real right now. So we went to happiest place on earth. Why not? Yeah, I love it. And I, we talked a little bit about what we're going to talk about in this podcast. And that's basically traveling with children. Yeah, because you obviously have gone all over the world with Hendrix, and mm-hmm. I haven't gone anywhere with Aubrey. And part of that is, well, COVID doesn't make traveling easy, but also just the stress and overwhelm of trying to take a baby with you. So I know I have tons of questions. I want to hear all your tips and tricks. Totally. I'm sure some of our listeners would love to hear them too, because you and Hendrix are, well, really, Hendrix probably has more stamps in his passport than the majority of us (laughs) for sure and we technically have been around the world so literally uh, (laughs) i was just thinking about like when he was even one month old we had to go to the embassy to get his passport because he was born in austria 
and the embassy was in Prague in Czech Republic. So by the time he was one month old, he had been to Austria, Czech Republic, Germany, Switzerland, etc. Which, to be fair, it's Europe, so it's really easy to like drive place to place. But sometimes those drives were eight hours or yeah. so. And some one of the best tips I ever got, obviously, was try and travel when they're gonna sleep. So we would travel sometimes uh, in the night and just wake mm, up because that's when their longest stretch of sleep is. Hopefully. Exactly. Quickly do a diaper change, get them into the bed, maybe feed or feed them, get them into the car seat, drive for as long as we can before he woke up again. Okay, wake him up, feed him, change him, whatever. And that's how we would do most of our trips. And when we would stop, we would stop for a little bit, which is not um, what I would like to do, obviously, with road trips. I just like to go, go, go. But when you have the little one with you, you need to make sure you're stopping and getting them out of the car seat and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it can be a bit scary to travel with such a young little one. And um, uh, none of us sat in the back seat with him. He, he would sit in the back seat by himself and would either sleep or whatever, have a couple toys to play with. And because when he was such a newborn, obviously, Fully, he was, not obviously, but he was either bottle or breastfed. So mm-hmm. then he would need me for snacks. So, right, so you'd have to stop and then either like go inside somewhere, or like feed him in the back seat. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or like diaper changes in the back seat, wherever. Yeah. And he was born just before COVID kind of took over the world. Right. So we got an opportunity of normalcy uh, yes. before that all happened. And super thankful for that and it was cool to take photos with him everywhere the other big thing i found was when you were walking around a city is either the stroller which is great or i would just carry him um, right he really liked to be in like the front sitting carrier and like we went to vienna for a couple of days and i tried both and i found it was nicer to be wearing him because then you have a little bit of mobility and like, him and i went on a carriage ride and things like this and yeah it gives you more freedom too for where you can go, right? There's places that a stroller isn't really super accessible with. No, and like if I wanted to look in a shop or go for a coffee or something, it was a bit yeah. of a pain to bring that stroller. That being said, the stroller we have now is phenomenal for travel. It's the Thule Spring. It's like a step up from the umbrella, like a cheap umbrella stroller. And it has gone around the world. It has seen so many miles. What's so good about it? It's super light. It's one of the lightest strollers that you can get. It's simply one click and it folds up. It's oh. three wheels, which is really nice. Um, so they're a bit beefier wheels than uh, than what an umbrella stroller would be in the, the, instead of the four wheel formation. Yeah. Um, I'm able to run with it. It fully reclines. It's a five piece harness. yeah it's great for travel I need this easily so um but yeah so most of the time when he was itty bitty I would just carry him yeah it was a good did you find like back when he was itty bitty and like napping so frequently were you trying to plan your travel days like around naps or would you just go and like hope he falls asleep wherever you are um it depended how long the drive was. If it was a couple hour drive, we would like for sure set it. So it was like, okay, he's going to fall asleep at 10 AM, whatever, give or take. I mean, who are, who are we? Yeah. Yeah. Those are 
crazy when you're there's no predictability exactly so it's like okay maybe he'll fall asleep at 10 aim to leave for 10 car packed up ready to go and most of the time we were lucky and he would fall asleep in that first little bit now when he would get fussy it's usually because he was hungry and that was yeah hours later yeah sometimes we would push it and see like can we make to our destination or to a specific stop um he was safe obviously he's fine it's just uncomfortable or fussy I know Aubrey loves the car, so the car usually puts her to sleep, which is great, but not all babies do love the car. So do you have any tips for, like, keeping your baby or little toddler entertained in the car? Yeah, so first of all, like, Hendrix loves the car. He falls asleep quite easily, uh, which is great, ever since he was super little. A friend of mine, her baby is super, super fussy in the car, and he kind of found out that he gets a little car sick. He gets a bit oh, okay, yeah. While he's in the car, he's also deaf as well. So there's a like, it's a whole, the inner ear, eye, all of this. Anyways, they all work together. Yeah. So sometimes when you're a little bubba, if they're like always fussy in the car and they seem super uncomfortable, it could be something worth looking into that maybe they're getting motion sickness and their tummy's just. Yeah, so- I never even thought of that. But yeah, yeah especially because they're like facing backwards they can't really see out the window or anything yet yeah so that was one thing and then we always made sure he had like his favorite bunny or a couple little little toys in there Uh, of course car seat safety is key and ideally it was great when you just fall asleep um now that he's a bit older we'll put a show on for him and he can just hold the ipad and yeah watch his shows because uh especially on those longer trips whatever keeping him entertained is best um we found music when he was really little like Mm -hmm. certain tunes he really liked he (laughs) loves hawaii music so we'd always be singing whatever (laughs) and like then he would chill out pretty quickly and enjoy the trip but what about for air travel did you usually travel did you bring a car seat on the plane or did you have him on your lap so that's the interesting thing with someone under two years old is either you pay a portion of the trip. So when you're traveling overseas or if you are traveling domestically, you just have them sit on your lap and it's free. Um, if you choose, the safest way they say is to travel with a car seat, which makes sense. However, that adds an extra cost because you're yeah. paying for their own seat, which is a little bit of a pain. Um, and then beyond that, I just like couldn't justify bringing a car seat to gate check. So you can either check it under the plane for free. You get two of three things for free. So you get the car seat, a playpen, or a stroller. So two of those okay. three things you get for free traveling with a baby, regardless if they have their own seat or not. Oh, that's good to know. That's for domestic and international or just international? Yep. You know, domestic and international. Um, I obviously always pick the stroller and the car seat. Always gate checked because it was easier to just put them in there, take them through. It was easier. Right. So you're going through security and stuff with the stroller. You're Mm -hmm. hanging around the airport with the stroller Mm -hmm. and then you're checking it at the gate. Yep. So then it was easiest because then whatever diaper bag you had, you can just clip it on there. So it's a lot less taxing on mama as well. Yes. Like well, I've done carry- a lot of solo traveling with him too, which is mm-hmm. incredibly impressive. I don't even travel by myself alone, let alone with a baby. 
but I had no choice. So it was just like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, the biggest tip that I think was a game changer was on takeoff and landing, have them sucking on something. Okay. So whether it's a boob or a soother or whatever your baby sucks on. Okay. Yeah. A bunny ear. I don't know. That, yeah. That. Is that one because it helps soothe them, but also I imagine the sucking helps with the ear things. Helps clear their ears. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like given to me by the pediatrician I was seeing in Austria. She's like, just make sure you're sucking on, on takeoff and landing. Okay. Now it's super weird because on European flights, like on Austrian Air, on Lufthansa, British Airways, they give you a spare seatbelt for your baby, which is super redundant because little Bubba is usually in your arms. Maybe when yeah. they're toddlers, they're like a little bit wigglier. Um, but yeah, you need to have them buckled in to your seatbelt. Like it's a loop. How? So if you're feeding them, Mm -hmm. like obviously it's a little bit easier as they get bigger and they can kind of sit on your lap but if it's like a one month old yep so you just like it's a seatbelt that loops around your belt so it has two loops on it okay i guess but the one is really small to go over your belt and then you would just like put it low on them finagle it and i would like to know what that's actually going to do when the airplane crashes (laughs) what are seatbelts going to do anyways if an airplane Right. (laughs) Um, So that's a super huge pain and it's different on every single airline. Some have these extra seatbelts and Air Air Canada and WestJet don't. Okay. So something just to keep in mind that depending where you're traveling and what airline you might be given this. Yeah. A piece of fabric that you have to use. Exactly. And like, they're always really good. They always tell you everything where it's the exits uh the masks just in case there's a pressure loss they they always walk you through those things and if you're going to be over water they'll give you an infant life vest Mm -hmm. it's standard over every airline that at least a flight attendant will come and chat right so when so right now when you're traveling with hendrix you're just using using the stroller yeah back when he was still an infant and you were probably still using like a bucket car seat did you basically bring the bucket car seat and just check that at the gate with the stroller that it clipped into so the first time we ever traveled with him our Thule spring which i love is in in canada and we were traveling from austria to canada Okay, so you didn't have the stroller yet. No, so I carried him because that's what everyone said to do, which I just baby wear, just wear him the whole time. Okay. It was terrible. Um, It wasn't like when COVID, everything's just starting to hit. So we were obviously pretty concerned about baby and all of this. So anyways, I wore him the entire time. Um, But once he got fussy. Yeah, then what do you do? I'm stuck. You're yeah. stuck either then taking him out when like holding him, carrying him. Um, perhaps the best way is to bring both the carrier and the stroller. So then you can kind of decide and see what works best for you. But I had like a backpack on, I had my helmets, uh, cause I was coming back to, your, to go slide or like get ready for the season. Plus like, like Benny was there. So it's super helpful that, but then also first time traveling, you're like, Oh, I need everything so I had a massive backpack and it was just it was insane and so again having the stroller if anything is just an extra set of hands to carry some oh, of 
the baggage you're bringing. Exactly. So you can just like pile it up. And that's what I ended up doing. I got a big carabiner. You can get massive ones. Clip that on there. Any bag you have, you can just clip on top of it. If you get a snack or something, it's easy to just... So that kind of brings me to carry-on. So what are the carry-on rules with baby? Do they get their own carry-on bag? They do. Um, and they're, they're not very picky. Like, I mean, I've traveled with two helmets, a backpack, and a bag for Hendrix. Plus a purse. So like five bags technically. So basically when you're a mom with a baby, they give you tons of grace and it's just a free-for-all. Anything you need for your baby can go. Basically. So I mean, probably. <laughs> you've been really lucky. Yeah. Either, either super lucky or, but as he gets older, there'll probably be less grace, but definitely yeah. by, first of all, if you're by yourself and you have a baby, mm -hmm. yeah, they're not counting bags. They don't care. Good. Um, always uh, they offer help. Just take the help. They'll help yeah. you get to your. Yeah, you don't have to be super mom running around the airport. Traveling mm -hmm. stressful enough. Exactly, and usually there's some nice like passengers as well that are like, "Oh, can I help you? Whatever." It's, just say yes. Like <laughs> genuine. Like for the most part, they're genuinely there to help you. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I traveled most recently to Austria, it was just me and Hendrix. We were flying from Vancouver, so it was a really long flight. And the guy on one of the flights, he's like, oh, can I help you? And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, I need your help. He's yeah. like, oh, Grandpa, I'm used to it, whatever. Like, in most part, people are super helpful, uh, especially if they can see, like, oh, this was actually, this was a crazy trip anyways. I was in Heathrow, and Hendrix was losing his mind in his stroller, and I'm, like, overwhelmed from everything. Got myself finally a Starbucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm bending over to help Hendrix. And he kicks my Starbucks and it falls all over, like the Heathrow airport is super busy and it's everywhere and he's still losing his mind. My coffee's everywhere. And then of course I break down because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is too much. And the nicest fellow comes up to me. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll go figure it out. You, you can just keep going where you need to go. Right. So he was going to help get the coffee cleaned up. Yeah, and just Aww, organizing yeah. and all that. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. And my tears, like, between. So anyways, for the most part, people in airports are generally helpful. Unless they're running to their own gate. People are just... Yeah, sometimes really people have their own stress, too. Yeah, but for the most part, like, you show up two hours before your flight or three hours now because of corona. And it's like, well, for three hours, they've not doing much so anyways people are super duper helpful but so what about once you're on the plane mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's always the worry of oh my baby's gonna cry and disrupt everyone around us how do you manage that um I've had flights where Hendrix has been both so I've had the ones where like he falls asleep and he sleeps the entire flight and it's like well then you have the people walk by and go oh what a great <laughs> little traveler yeah yeah and I'm like right yeah. now um, <laughs> And then I've had other times where he screamed, like, from the whole, like, Calgary to Toronto, and that's, like, oh. a So that sucks. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, I, when I do book the flights, I try to make it at night. Okay, because, again, most likely time for them to be sleeping. Exactly. Sleep is best on flights, or I try to keep his nap schedule as best as possible. Yep. When I used to travel just by myself, I did everything to try to get on the new time zone as quick as possible. Okay. With him, it's like, no, stick to what is his current time zone. Okay. Take the naps when he would normally take the naps. 
put him to sleep when he would normally go to sleep. Right. Um, I think I am a bit lucky because he's traveled so much. It doesn't phase him really. That's good. When yeah. On an airplane. Um, like a car ride, and he exactly. loves cars. But sleep is key. Um, and wearing them out before you get on the flight. Uh, okay, that's a good tip. Yeah. So lots of airports have playgrounds, indoor playgrounds. Uh, go find those and let them rip around. And okay. most of them are open right now. Uh, the states are a little bit trickier to find those playgrounds. So I try to find a gate that's empty. Uh, for Just let them start running. Yep. Pull out <laughs> all the toys, whatever. He's got little toys to play with in my backpack. Not a ton because... At first, I used to pack, like, more toys than you knew what to do with, and then realized he plays with two of them and watches a show anyways. Um, But, yeah, just let them run around, and if you're like, oh, crap, his nap time is now and our flight's in an hour, you try to keep him awake for that hour. So Again, you just want to try to promote sleep once you're on the airplane. Yes. And I mean, then the airplane is super exciting for some kids and then there's the screen in front of them. So if they're not used to the screen, they're like, oh my goodness, what is this? Do you Um, take advantage of like when they say like, oh, like families traveling with children can board now. Do you take advantage of early boarding? Always. So when like when mom used to travel with me when I was a little girl, we'd always board last yeah, I was going to say, like, I have to board last, too, because who wants to spend extra time on an airplane? Like, your seat's there. Nobody's going to take your seat. Yep, this is true, <laughs> but I found going earlier, you got to meet the flight attendants earlier, especially uh, okay. when you're, yeah. like, sitting on your laps. Then they're not yeah. distracted with everyone else. Yeah. They always, or they usually make sure, do you have everything you need? Do you need something to drink, a snack, whatever? Most of the time, it's like, no, I'm fine, thanks. Just trying to, like, get my bearings, especially yeah. when I was traveling by myself because I had so many bags and like crap, <laughs> I needed to make sure I could get it on the airplane first. Right. And good to have it close to you. So if you need to access it, it's not like seven rows down. Exactly. Yeah. That makes and sense. then I could kind of like see, you can always ask the flight attendants. They have a little tablet that'll show you how full the flight is as well. Okay. And tell if you're going to have an empty seat beside oh, you. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah. Or so if you start setting up camp. Yep, yeah. definitely. So then you can have an idea and, oh, can we maybe move to whatever place or something like this? Do you have advice for people that are taking advantage of like seat selection, front of the plane, back of the plane, close to bathrooms? I try to find wherever is emptiest. Okay. So usually that's close to the back. Yeah. Um, but sometimes airlines will... Um, like just mix it up whatever especially to try and do social distancing or something they'll have some here some there whatever maybe the best advice is make friends with the flight attendant as soon as you get on and have that conversation with them yep and that being said like a lot of airlines now have like the different variations on their flight so like premium economy and then plus and whatever and then the cheap seats and i have been in every level with hendrix um I would not suggest premium economy for travel with a child ever because the seats are, they've got hard armrests, so they're not movable. Okay. So you're going to be very confined to your space that you have. Uh, I guess this is on Air Canada and I don't know what it would be called on WestJet and such, but those seats that are not quite business class, um, 
Is and this one level up from the cheap seats? Two levels. It's between the cheap seats and business. Okay. Um, those seats, yeah, have hard armrests and you're going to have a better chance of just going in economy and trying to get the full row to yourself. Right. That way and, you can lay them down or something if they're yeah, sleeping. And be stuck in the seat with. That's really good advice. Cause I feel like a lot of people might think, oh, let's spend the extra dollar to get like slightly yeah. better seats. But in fact, that's not better if you're having. That's the same with the bulkhead as well, which will bring an interesting point. So the bulkhead seats are the ones that kind of, you have no seat in front of you. Okay. And there's usually the, the galley or the bathrooms that are in front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're traveling with an infant under six months, they have a bassinet. That oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have to be pre-ordered. So you cannot just show up to your flight and assume it's going to be there. Do you pay more for that or is that no, included, included with paying for those seats? Yeah. It's included with paying for those seats. Okay. Um, but you do have to request it. It's not just a given. Okay. Um, then they'll arrange for that to happen. But same thing with those bulkhead seats they have those hard armrests in between. So if you're planning on maybe baby falling asleep on you or something like this, you're gonna be very uncomfortable because you cannot move side to side. Right. Which and I'm, if baby is falling asleep on you, then you're probably not even using that bassinet. Exactly. So it's there's pros and cons, of course, to both. But if the flight is more empty, usually premium economy will be more empty too. Not necessarily worth those seats. Uh, if you're going to have those harder armrests, if there's a row backwards and you can maybe get an extra seat or something like that. Right. And I'm sure in general, people are pretty flexible with maybe moving seats once they see you're traveling with a baby. Oh yeah. Nobody wants yeah. to move you. When you're yeah, <laughs> exactly. What do you do? So when you've been traveling alone, what do you do when you need to go to the bathroom? Uh, that one's interesting. I just don't know. Um. <laughs> Uh, no, I always make sure that I go to the bathroom before we board. Okay. Take them with yeah, me. And then there's room to take them with you, obviously. I'm just thinking an airplane bathroom is teeny tiny. Yes. And I've also like held him while I've gone to the bathroom in a teeny tiny bathroom, which is obviously not ideal. And if he's sleeping, I just ask the flight attendant. I was going to say, are the flight attendants allowed to yes. babysit for two minutes? Oh yeah. And okay. I'm just like, hey, I'm sure it depends on the flight attendant. Sure. My experience, it's just like, hey, do you mind watching him? Well, yeah. run to the toilet. Yeah. And I go as quick as possible. Of yeah. Course. He's going to wake up when you're not there. Exactly. What about diaper changes? Uh, diaper changes. So every airplane has a change table in them. Okay. Um, some of the bathrooms are larger than other ones. They'll usually explain to you where they are. They give you bags for you to dispose the diapers in. Okay, so again, this is all in the conversations with the flight attendant when you first board. Yeah. All the more reason to get on early. Yeah, and depending okay. on, they'll give you the bags ahead of time or as needed. Um, yeah. But for the most part, they will like direct you for all that and say, hey, bathroom with the change tables at the front or back or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. Which, and so once you're in the actual bathroom, mm -hmm. it, I've, I've obviously never been with a baby. Do the change tables kind of go over the toilet? Yeah, for the most part, okay. they do. I mean, I've been in one of the larger bathrooms, which is, it's still going to go over the toilet at, at some point. Like those bathrooms are tiny. They are very small. And yeah. especially now that I have a toddler. Yeah, so he's even bigger now. So what do you do? He stands on them. 
Okay, that works. The do you bring the whole diaper bag in with you or do you just bring in what you need and hope that's all you're going to need? So I don't even really travel with a diaper bag anymore. Okay. I've given it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I do is he's got a small, super small backpack and I put like five, six, whatever diapers. You make in. him wear it? Sometimes. <laughs> that's very efficient. Very it's like efficient. when I make my dog carry its poop bags. Exactly. <laughs> So he has his diapers and his wipes in that bag. And that's what I put easily accessible. Like I always put that under the seat. Then it's easy cheese to get out. Then in yep. my other carry-on bag, I will have like our change of clothes. Always pack one for yourself yep. and your yep. baby. So that just in case, and like full set. Because I mean, baby could spit up, puke, whatever, poop. He peed yep. on me before going on a flight once. Like just things happen. Never know. Yeah. And just whatever, have your extra set, set of clothes. Um, yeah. But you don't need those all the time. That's like uh, oh crap situation. So put that above. You don't need that by your feet. Right. You keep your some toys close accessible. I keep the iPad close and accessible. Some kids love coloring. Um, I saw this is such a clever idea that I'm probably gonna steal. It's called a snackle box. And they took a tackle box and filled yeah, it up. Like a fish, like a fishing box? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was like for the little kid on the airplane, whatever, had all sorts of treats and snacks and things to keep them busy for yeah. a certain period of time. Because it depends on which airline you fly. Of course, domestic, they don't include snacks. Oh, they have like pretzels. Yeah buy this food on the airplane we know it's more expensive so that's the other thing is just make sure that you've got snacks prepped right that's right 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 key. but and i would then relate it then to disney world where we are now make sure you have your own snacks prepped otherwise you're going to be buying all sorts of overpriced snacks yeah, yeah. so so once you're off the airplane and you get your stroller back. Hopefully. Hopefully. You're not guaranteed <laughs> to get your stroller back. Let, let's let's pretend everything is going great. So you okay. got your stroller back, you have the car seat, and now you're catching like a taxi or whatever to go to your destination. Yeah. Has it been, because we, we've been lucky and we've only ever had to use the car seat with our base. So is it pretty easy? Oh, yeah. Like using the car seats without bases? Yeah. Assuming so, your car seat is allowed to do that? Yeah. So if your car seat's allowed to, usually on the side of the car seat, there's a photo and it will show you exactly the the route, the belt route to take. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's pretty foolproof. It is. And I mean, practice it at home before you go to a new place. Of That's course. a good tip. Yeah. So you're not frantically trying to figure it out, waiting at to leave the airport with like a screaming kid and the taxi driver getting impatient. Yeah. Or your Uber driver starting to charge you that extra fee. Exactly. Yeah. But one right. cool thing is if you fly to London is those black taxis that are like always there, you can drive your stroller right into it. And they ride in the stroller. What? Yep. So <laughs> we got super, uh, I messed up. I thought I had booked um, one terminal hotel, but it was a different hotel and a different okay, so you had to taxi to a different terminal yeah it, yeah um anyways and i was like oh my gosh hendrix just fell asleep what a pain i'm gonna have to wake him up all this stuff and uh yeah sure enough 
there was one of those black taxis and they're like, actually, you can just keep them in the stroller and they wheel it oh. in, it sits in there. So that was pretty cool, but. So I'm watching the time and I know we didn't want to make this episode too long. Yeah. So usually you've been traveling either like to Canada or to Austria and you're staying in your destination yeah. for a length of time. So you're probably slowly changing Hendrix to the new time zone. But like, say for example, you're in Florida right now or if a family's just going somewhere for the week, yeah. Is your suggestion to keep um, naps and bedtime with home time? Yeah, I think it depends, like, where, like, are you going to visit family? Are you going to Disney World, for example? And, like, for Hendrix, um, when we came to Florida the first time, he was waking up super, super early, like, 5 a.m. every single day. And we're <laughs> like, well, let's just take advantage of going in the mornings. Let's, yeah, so you let's just kind of switch your day around a bit. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, if you have more than one kid, you're not going to be as flex as flexible that way because you're going to have to be working around multiple schedules. Um, yeah. But for the most part, we just try to take advantage of however he's sleeping. Yeah. He's sleeping. Okay. Does that make us have a later night somewhere? Okay. Then we know he might be a bit more grumpy the next day just simply because he didn't get the same amount of sleep. And we just adjust our days accordingly. I Great. think that's the most important thing about traveling with a toddler and under is to stay as flexible as possible. I, I get there's some hard deadlines that need to be made, but there's yeah. no... But try not to jam pack your days and no. yeah. Push them. It Do makes you... sense to push them. It'll ruin your holiday and they'll be yeah. yeah. Do you have any quick tips for helping your baby sleep in a new environment? Yes, let them ex ideally show up not at bedtime. Okay, that's a good tip. Um, so that had happened. So kind of the airport logic, you kind of want them to get their energy out and it not be a super new space. You want them to get used to the space. Exactly, and let them explore and let them open the doors and open the drawers and cupboards, whatever, so they can kind of see where they're at. Yeah. But it's super frustrating, obviously, as a parent, you show up somewhere new and you're like, oh, it's bedtime, but they're like, ooh, yeah. everything. So same with that flexibility thing is like, don't expect you to go to the new place and fall asleep. Yeah. It's just, it's unlikely it's going to happen. Yeah. Ideally, you want to keep the routine as similar as possible as well. That has worked for you. So if it's bath, bedtime, bath, story, bedtime, make sure you bring the story. Right. <laughs> like, and yeah. We, because we travel so much in Europe, baths are really rare there. Mm -hmm. so we ended up getting like a foldable, like a collapsible laundry bin that we could fill okay. up. Oh, smart. There's your okay. bathtub. Yeah. So then it yeah. just folded flat and I could bring it with us whenever we went somewhere. I mean, there's fancy schmancy ones you can get, but this was significantly cheaper than. There you have it, folks. Foldable laundry basket. Oh, Yeah. And it was great because he could put all of his toys in it if we're needing to whatever, bring groceries in or something from the car to the room. Yeah. It was seamless that way. But yeah, definitely let them explore. It's a new, exciting place for them. Probably will get riled up. And then when it's time for bed to do the same routine and yeah. try not to get frustrated. You're going to be super tired anyways. And then they're not going to be following their normal routine for whatever reason. Yeah, and they can feed off your frustration and your stress, so. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, try to be as calm, and I mean, you're probably excited too, as well. Yeah, yeah, because so, hopefully it's a vacation for you too. Exactly. 
I feel like this could be a two-parter because we could do a whole episode just on some Disney World tips. But any final tricks up your sleeve for travel? Tips and tricks? So Hendrix, we're in Disney World, hates rides, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, And so obviously we've been here a lot, so there's no no reason for us to push things. But I think... Regardless of where you end up, if you end up in Disney World or whatever, and your child doesn't like something, don't push it. There's no reason for them to just be upset and scared or concerned or whatever. So, okay, we found all the playgrounds we can find in now Disney World, and we go swimming a lot more than we normally would. We're not going on rides. We finally watched a fireworks show yesterday because uh, he didn't like the first one. So we're like, oh, we'll try this one and see. Yeah. And he did like it. But... There was no reason for us to try and consistently push them on rides or things like that. Yeah. Well, especially because most likely you're going to continue going to Disneyland or Disney World frequently. Yeah. So you don't want him to be so I'm an elect- traumatized by it. You want him to grow into it in his own time. Exactly. And I'm lucky that way that we probably will have those opportunities to continue as our family are Disney Vacation Club members. But if it's, if it's like a once in a lifetime thing, Potentially wait till your baby's a little bit older if you're mm-hmm. gonna aim to go more times when. Uh, like I said, I think we could do a whole episode yeah. on Disney. <laughs> Ultimately, don't push your children. Yeah. And I gotta go at their speed. And I should know Hendrix well enough. And he does get concerned while doing things. So, yeah. Anyways, you know your child best. Yeah. You know if they're gonna get excited. Don't try and just ruin their excitement or not. Don't try to dampen it, just to simply like make a bedtime routine. Let them have the extra 30 minutes, let them have the extra hour, whatever. Traveling's exciting for them too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, those were some good tips. We are hoping to go to Mexico at some point in hopefully the near future. So the tricks on how to fly with a baby are helpful. Definitely, and you'll have Dylan with you, so you'll have the extra set of hands and uh yeah Yeah. I didn't know that um the airline lets you bring or lets you check two Mm -hmm. out of those three things for free so that's good to know and most hotels have either a crib or a playpen or something like that if your baby uh sleeps in a crib right so that's not necessarily something you need to bring um but there is that option if you want that as one of your three things. Awesome. All good tips. I'm just thinking here, if anybody has specific questions, because mm-hmm. Elizabeth is very experienced in this, feel free to DM us on Instagram and we can fill you in and help you. Don't listen to my advice. I don't know what I'm doing in this. Uh, yet. Yes, yet. <laughs> I can help correct as necessary. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Or if you or if you guys have any tips too, we'd love to hear them so we could pass them yeah. on. I think travel is something that could be very exciting for a lot of families, but maybe people hesitate to do it or get quite stressed about it because it's a big task when you're traveling with little people. And we'd love to share your tips and tricks as well. Yeah. Help each other out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll All see right. you guys next week on the Brunch for Mamas podcast. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye.